Hello everybody, you're listening to Fireside with Founders, the podcast that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at some of the coolest startups out there and stories about their amazing founders. So all you need to do now is sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Fireside with Founders. I'm your host Rupert McSheehy and this week I am delighted to bring you a very special episode. We have the person who it's all started with and the very first podcast episode we ever did, Adit Trivedi. I not only get to interview Adit for the second time but I also get to do it in person. What an absolute pleasure that was. So, for the second time round, I'd like to introduce Adit Trivedi, former co-founder of Lingumi and now current co-founder and CEO at Kaizera. I hope you enjoy listening to part two of his journey. So, hey, Adit, welcome. How are you doing? Yes, mate. All good in the uh, new office. Well, you're actually in person. I know. It's really weird to see someone actually <laughs> sit down with them and talk to them face to face. So this is the first time for us here uh, doing it where we're face to face, having yeah. a chat. New we're, office. We, we've done this before. <laughs> so you and I have had a conversation yeah. before about what you were doing when you were with Lingumi. That was time ago. That's when I was in Lingumi, innit? Yeah. Right, that was, that was ages ago. It was a long time ago. That was episode one. Oh yeah. <laughs> first ever podcast we've done. So this is the first ever in-person podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. finally so finally so it's nice so we're doing take two of yeah. Adit Trivedi for Fireside with Founders yeah 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 so yeah, yeah. Look, I'm keen to see what's been happening so obviously look we just mentioned there right you've, you've left Lingumi now I've fully left yeah I left in uh, December and uh, now I'm on to the next company we closed the pre-seed round last month of uh, 1.1 million dollars so actually I only say that because it's like seven figures now. It was £808,000, but like adding the random eight is like, oh. um, but yeah. It always sounds better to deal in dollars as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust. Everyone's like, yeah, raise around in dollars because it's more. Yeah. In your head, like there's more of a like, more yeah. of money. It's funny because you see it on TechCrunch, right? Like people are like, yeah, we've raised this much. And you're like, hang on, you use the dollar figure because like it comes across as like more. But actually, you've raised less. Um, when you put it in pounds in the actual amount you raise it. So no, we didn't like take on American investors uh, except for one angel who is fucking hot. Ray and Miley, big mentor of mine. And uh, yeah, mostly uh, UK and Europe. Nice. And a friend from Singapore who does like niche things. Okay, yeah. cool, nice. Well, I don't want to dwell on the past like too much, but so obviously I say things have changed, right? You've left, you've left Lingo me, but what, what happened? Why, why did you decide yeah. to do That's an interesting story, right? Yeah, um, I felt like I gave all the value I could have. I was getting a bit bored. The other side was like really doing some questions into like what my actual purpose was and like why me? And like why me in a kid's business speaking English uh, to help kids speak English when like I, can, I don't speak English in the traditional colloquial way. It just, I don't know, I started like questioning a lot of things. And then as a result, I felt like towards the end of my tenure, I didn't really feel understood or recognized. The team was changing and I just 
didn't feel comfortable in my own backyard. And so I decided to, to make the decision and, and leave. And it was the right time for me to leave. Um, Toby and I are still like good friends today. Um, and I can't see that changing. Um, but it was effectively two CEOs in the same room. And so like when he started taking on the responsibilities he should have taken, I was that I was actually looking after and I wanted to do. Clashes started happening. People in the team could see that. And then I just was like, all right, time for a change. I left with like no plan. I didn't even know if I wanted to start another company or not. Um, three weeks in, surprise, surprise, my like um, business coach at the time, who passed away a few months ago actually, uh, which was very traumatic for mm. me. Um, three weeks later, she was like, oh, I'm gonna give you a month before you're on to your next idea. And like two weeks later, I'm like, no, I'm gonna start this, I wanna start this, I wanna start this. And she was like, no, no, take your time, take your time. And uh, I actually became a coach and I was coaching businesses. And my philosophy was like, can you transform businesses that aren't doing so well through their people? And like, I managed to do so. Now, those companies that I coach are, are doing really well, actually. Nice. And I looked, uh, I met with a current investor of ours, Ian Hogarth, who's a like, quite well known angel investor. And he was like, dude, you've gone through so many different things in your life and trauma it's like you have a very special way of looking at the world and so like take your time to understand like what is your purpose and like me in school like i got bullied i like then ended up like rebelling against system and people and got in fights and and whatnot and um you know took a teacher who again was a mentor but again passed away uh, unfortunately uh took me under his wing and you know and it held true, like, I didn't feel understood, I didn't feel recognised, and as a result, I didn't feel developed. And so, like, the way I learned in school was actually, like, not picking up the textbooks, but learning from past papers. And that served me really well, because my brain is good at pattern matching. Um, and so, yeah, I just, like, what was the thing I loved about Lingumi? And that's where I started asking questions. And I was like, oh, shit, the things I loved about Lingumi is, like, when we were scaling the team and we hired people from different countries, backgrounds, cultures, like how do you fundamentally get people working well together when they come from all, all different walks of life? That's the thing that fascinated me. And like at Lingumi, you know, at times I was a good manager to some people, I was an absolute diabolical shite manager to others. And like it held true that there is no one size fits all. Yeah. And like actually, um, each individual needs their own unique approach because like to get me really engaged is probably different to you and different to everyone else and so like why are we applying the same things like performance reviews every six months like no one enjoys the like actual end user of all these engagement tools like no one actually enjoys using them yeah uh, managers like it because it, it gives them the information on a like aggregate level but to each individual, they all feel like one in the same. And actually to get the best out of people, you can't see everyone as one in the same. It doesn't really help managers that much anyway in terms of, because let's say they're treating everyone like you say it's the same, right? So. Exactly. And like being a manager, it's like you often manage people how you think you would like to be managed. When actually it's like very different. Uh, and so there was no tools or software that existed that helped individuals feel like they could be their authentic best self and like my business coach who my, the one who passed away who actually carried around in my wallet with me throughout which is uh, here she is um 
Hang on, picture. Here, oh, nice. keyboard close to me. What's her name? Uh, Lucy. Yeah. Lucy Funnel. She ran a company called uh, People Untapped. And like her like main goal was like everyone has their elements of brilliance and like you just need to get that out of them. Like what is their authentic self? And like that's what man stands for, isn't it? So like <clears throat> at Lingumi, I felt like when I was in this environment, you know, you'd go to investor meetings and and you'd see different things. It's like raw like. I feel uncomfortable to be in my shoes. And like, that's how I felt a lot of the time in my last business, uncomfortable to be in my own shoes. But now man's free and out here and like, I needed to leave that environment to take this journey to like understand myself. And so I was looking at like building something in this space and uh, my co-founder Jan had left uh, Zenkago. Yeah. And I met him through Logue Globe, our last investors. And we were part of a like peer exchange group, different peer exchange groups. Um, where you talk about, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous for founders, <laughs> yeah. where you talk about the top 5% and bottom 5% of your life. And yeah, we just connected on like a deeper level. Like that's big bro right there. Like he is, he is Yoda in my okay. life. Like, guys, he is so freaking knowledgeable. His EQ is my life, but it's German. He's straightforward. Like people have their strengths and also the things they're not so good at, but you love someone for like who they are fundamentally. And like, he's one of the most caring people I've ever met in my life. And like, our values fundamentally align. Like we're cut from the same cloth, do you get it? So yeah. it means that we both believe in this world that we want to create and where we have different skill sets, it just, it clicks. So when we were like, yeah, let's do this. Obviously he's got a wife and a kid and a child, like he has to earn a salary. Like, obviously I don't have a wife. I'm engaged uh, to my beautiful fiance. Um, love to get married and not next year year after because any weddings are mad expensive yeah <laughs> but so they're big saying, they last for days yeah yeah Brad, they last for days and um yeah i just I, for me and yeah it just it just felt like the right we needed to be building something in this space to like change the way currents like companies are trying to build their shit like i was speaking to a company yesterday at award co and like their thing is ridiculous. Like they raised 60 million recently and it's like the whole thing to get you engaged is managers are going to dish out points to their director boards and those points can be spent on like um, Amazon. Yeah. It's like you're basically telling people I'm going to dangle a carrot in front of you and like you're going to want a bigger carrot so you're going to engage me. And for us, it just felt like, you know, those that like employees that think for a living those that like want to do well in careers, money is often the output. Like people don't want a work-life balance. People want love and work. Yeah. Like how do you help people get to that point? So like we raised a, a pre-seed round of, of, as I said before, 808,000 pounds. And um, our mission is to discover brilliance in everyone to advance humankind. And, you know, I am a very different type of founder from the like traditional ones you meet. I think a lot like, fit the same suit, come from the same cloth, and it's just time to add something fresh and new to this um, industry and like not be afraid to like be myself. I think I'm comfortable with that now that I'm out of my last organization, I had time to just think. Yeah, and that's important, right? You want to be comfortable in what you're doing in your own shoes. 100%. And you mentioned, so you and, you, you and your other co-founder, you both have sort of similar sort of values and that was one of the things that sparked together. So. Where do those sort of values, where do those values come from, right? Because you're both from different backgrounds. Yeah, so for us, like, trust and loyalty is a big thing. Like, um, 
for me, if I like trust someone, I really fucking trust them. So, um, you know, they just spread into like the company values, like no gap. Um, uh, make sure like, like the truth is just there. Like there's no reason to bullshit or hide shit. Like, you know, and it's, it's, it's like different values from my previous company, but I found like with Yan, uh, our values align being transparent, being vulnerable, like being comfortable, being yourself, um, knowing, you know what, you've got your strengths, you've got your weaknesses that, like, yeah, listen, Adit will call you at random times during the day to spark interest, but it's cause he's mad excited. Do you get it? Like, and like different people will do different things because that is who they are. I'm, like, I'm never gonna, I don't want this, like how do we create a business that like helps people feel comfortable in their own shoes? And so it's a different take of like software. Cause when you think of like employee engagement or like performance reviews, you think top down, right? You yeah. think one size fits all. This is a whole different approach. So like now, even with the business, how do you take a very experimental mindset? Like Jan and I wanted to hire an early team early because like founders often come in and they're like, this is the thing we need to build. But like, how do you even know this is the thing you need to build? Like, Nine times out of 10, in fact, 10 times out of 10, the first thing you build is never the thing that actually is the thing that people yeah. want. So that's why I invested heavily in uh, UX and product design early to make sure that we um, knuckle down on solving the right problem for the right user. And then understanding like, what's the simplest thing to build that they will just freaking go nuts over. Which is what it's all about, right? You've got to have the users engaged in your product. They need to love it to keep coming back to it and then yeah, snowball from there, right? It's almost flipped. It's like you need to be solving a deep enough problem in a fucking mega fun way. So, like, people that are great at UX know, like, I'll give you a random example. Like, say, like, the thing that you this person wants at this time of day is a fucking cake. Yeah. But if it was just down to UX, they would give you a cake and it'd look like mush and you wouldn't want it. Like, they know that's the thing you want. But as a user, you, you're looking at it like, what the fuck is this? That's when like UI comes in and knows how to spark the right emotions from an individual. So the, that cake that UX has identified, you are, will make it the perfect cake for that particular use, user segment. Yeah, all the flavors, right? All in terms the flavors. Of tasting good, you know, it tastes like good cake, you, but it looks it like It reminds shit. you of your grandma's cooking. It looks like something you found on Instagram. It's something which is shareable, which you want to, tell your friends about and, and actually show them. So that's the way we've seen it. And then we've hired a full stacker, uh, an old friend of mine actually from school, um, who's just a wavy coder. And um, he's gonna help us like, once we have built the like really lo-fi, dirty, disgusting looking prototypes, uh, once we validate we're solving the right problem, then he can build the thing really quickly to just start testing. And once we've found those elements of product market fit, then we'll go out and raise our seed. And like, we're gonna try and do that actually no code. And all it is, is like to raise a seed round. From, like pre-seed is like, you're onto the right market and we feel like there's something here. Here's some money, go out and like take loads of bets to figure out what the user segment is and problem space and different types of features. Yeah. Seed stage is all about, in order to raise a seed stage, you need to say, here's the market we're operating in. Here's the underserved user we're targeting. Here are their biggest problems out of which this is the problem we're targeting first. 
this is how we're looking at solving it. Um, and this is the engagement we're getting as a result of the thing we're looking to solve. Now give us money to invest in those resources and then find the scalable channels um, to which we acquire those users at, at like a fairly cheap price. Once we have that in place, then boom, raise our Series A. And then actually my knowledge does no show because like my last company, I left at Series A. So um, then you're, you're, you're on to starting again from something that you've not, you've not been through, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's quite me, exciting. Mega exciting. Like for me, like helping everyone discover their purpose and like helping each individual discover their brilliance for me is like, yeah, fucking have this. Because like, I wish I would have had something like this before because like, I didn't fit in the system. And actually, like, what did COVID do? It made people reflect on, like, what do I actually want from life? Like, work and life is often, like, a blurred line. Like, it's grey space. And so, like, now that it is in grey space, like, how do you build that tool to, like, help you understand your strengths and what you like? Like, why did we succumb to, like, personality fucking 16 personality tests, which, like, say you are one of 16 things, like, we're not like fucking ones and zeros, bro. Like every human is different. Like, yeah. It's like football. Like every striker, you can't put two, one, one the same. Like everyone is different. Um, and so th that's what we're trying to like bring into this game. Like something fresh and just like, I think what's needed. So what have you learned from your time at Lingumi to, to starting now and the things that you're perhaps going to take from that experience? and either change a bit, do, do things slightly differently, and what things do you think you, know, you guys were doing really, really well that you're gonna keep in terms of pushing forward? Good question. Um, well, when I started, I was 22, young, naive, could barely code, and we were just like, you know, it's interesting. So we were part of EF, and EF like pushed you to like build something quick and like, Build it quick and get in front of users and get feedback and change. And like, I don't think that's a smart way to like build companies. Like it took us four and a half years to find product market fit. The fuck? Like that is so fucking long. It's like, why not just take the time to like, at the beginning, really understand the problem space, um, speak to a shit ton of users, um, widespread, um, and then start to clock the patterns. Yeah. And once you start to clock the patterns, take that user segment and then go again and understand the problems deep enough until you got to a point where you can like bust out landing pages and lo-fi prototypes and test. And like the one thing like I learned is, I mean, we knew nothing. So we made like hundreds and thousands of mistakes when we first started. Like we just built for the sake of building. Like we were building with users, but with no like real strategy in place. Okay. Um, I know what like the purpose of each round is for. Um, actually, like if I'm completely honest, I would have loved to have like when I left Lingumi built a company that didn't need VC funding. But I think when you're operating in blue ocean territory, you've got a window of opportunity to really fucking take this market by storm. Yeah. Hence why we took VC money. Yeah. Um, what else? I'd say like understand what you're hiring for and like hire, genuinely hire people that are better than you in each field. Like. It's good to hire people that are like mad crazy about the mission, but they gotta have skills too, bro. Like it's one, like you can't just have someone who's mad mission driven, but like hasn't 
necessarily got the experience behind them. Did you have that with Lingumi on the basis? Because it's quite, it was quite mission-driven, obviously doing a good thing, language skills. Yeah, we had mission-driven but, people, bro. Every, people but, that weren't necessarily the right fit for the, yeah, the roles they were in Yeah, for. like, the way I'm building this now is like, like Jess, like, Jess came from my last organisation. She left a few months ago. I didn't push her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like, she's hard at UX, bro. Like, what makes someone sick at UX? Like, they probably come from great academics. Like, for people that are great at UX, like, under, like, why do they, why are they good at academics? Well, they understand the question and they understand the perfect answer for that question. Like, she, she got a four out of four GPA from Harvard, bro. She's mad smart and she's fucking bare safe. So, that like, cool, come. Like, I've, and, and she's passionate about this. Yeah. Right? Um, James is a wavy hacker. Like he can code shit bare quick. Come, come, come on. And then uh, Zach is just like a monster. He he will be a founder one day, hundred percent, and and a good one at that. Like he's hungry and he wants it. And like, but he's been doing product design for like nine years. Yeah. Like he's good at his craft. When you can find someone who's mission driven and good at their craft, then come bring it on. And also. My co-founder is big on this, but like having a neuro, neurodiverse team, like people who are fundamentally different. But the f- funny thing is people talk about higher diverse team, da 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 And like, the reality is they don't. They don't because it's fucking hard. Really hard. Like, it's hard to manage like a, a, a diverse team, bro. But it's once also- you get it, it's mad. But like, listen, we closed funding round last month. We're now five people, Zach started on Monday. And like, we're still to go through that storming period and we will be in there for a while. It takes a while to, for everyone to like get comfortable with each other. What are their strengths and what are their like, like discrepancies that make them just them? Like, yeah. I will always be like a founder in like airy fairyland and like going into details I find sometimes hard. Like, but there are people who are like really strong at that. So you need a mixture of- it's the balance, that. right? Yeah, it's like, you know you have the right ingredients for the cake, but you still got to understand how to bake that cake. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just, just going to turn Just ingredients. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> like you just whip them all together and you just got muck and it don't even turn out to be a cake. We've all heard of the disasters they have on Bake Off. No one wants that. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, no, so, so look, it's all about, so for you, this time round, making sure you've got the right mix of people coming in with the right skills at the right level. So how have you attracted those people because we're in like a super short talent short market right now, yeah right and there are plenty of other founders i know a similar sort of stage to you and it's a struggle to get good people yeah, on board definitely, so, definitely. so what have you done to, to well, position the the positions <laughs> as something that's attractive yeah um that's a good question i think um you know i put out a post on linkedin and, and we've been quite lucky if I'm just honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so James was the first hire. He was our, uh, our staff engineer. He's our staff engineer. And uh, I put up a post on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'll actually show you, bro. I put up a post on LinkedIn and uh, where is he? And he just messaged me out of the blue. He just finished up at Atlassian. He wanted to come back to the UK. Nice. And he was like, yo, Adit, congrats on starting Ngumi. Just had a look at your listings jobs looks like you're starting to build a dev team let me know if you're after senior back and full stack i'm very much available and the company mission looks really interesting and then i was like who's this laughing emojis <laughs> i was like sorry i haven't got your number it was like oh shit hi it's james barry forgot i've got a new uk number and then this is us from like way back just like <laughs> smashed 
at a mate's birthday. I was like, shit, yeah, James, I haven't spoken to you in a minute. And then he came in and obviously it was a fit in it. Like he was at Atlassian for teams. Yeah. He he had like, he didn't feel towards his end of his tenure at Atlassian. He was like, oh, you know, I didn't get the right promotions and the right things. He felt hard done by an employment. And like every employee has felt that in some way, shape or form. So like intrinsically, people are going to be quite interested in what we're doing. Because we're challenging what like actual leadership and management want. Yep. And we're saying, actually, the thing you're trying to give your employees is doing way more harm than good. Actually, you should probably use this. Um, so that was James. And then Jess, we were hiring some from UX and I was like, oh, like Jess is hard. And I saw she had finished at Lingumi. I was like, huh? And then I messaged her or she messaged me on LinkedIn. I can't remember which. And then she came in and like we offered her on the spot like after a couple of interviews. And then... We're like, shit, you know what, like, the person, the th- person that will make, like, a huge difference in this field is, like, a really dope, like, product designer who gets UI and, like, understand, and to try and bring, like, a breath of fresh air in this industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then was looking at, we started using Ot- Otter. Yeah. Um, are like, a recruitment platform. Fucking sick platform. They just have, like, loads of dope candidates and a large pool. And I'm like a pit bull, so I'll just go out and message, message. Those, those, those that I like, the profiles. And actually, Zach messaged me saying, oh, I don't know if this is right for me at the minute. I'm a bit burnt out, da 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 da. Um, but this looks like really interesting. So I was like, No, come on a call, come on a call, let's have a call. And uh, we just hit it off. Yeah. And I knew from that moment, I was like, Yeah, we got to hire this dude. Like, there's something special about him. And uh, we're going through the interview process. And then, yeah, we, we ended up offering it to, to him. I always, in the back of my mind, knew like, we need to get this person, but it, it, it's still like, it's not just my decision. Do you get it? Like, yeah, James's yeah. first week we hired him, and then the second week he was interviewing. Like, I want people to feel part of this person. It's their company. Do you get it? And so it's, it's also, I suppose, then, so the lessons learned from that is a leverage, leverage your network while you leverage can. Leverage your network. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'm a second time founder, right? So it just, it's a bit. You've got easier. a bigger network, right? Yeah. So you, you've got more people that you know. Hire, you know, hire people you know, when you like people, move on them quickly. But, like, there's an interesting one, because if you like them, they're probably a bit similar to you. So, like, me and Zach are kind of cut from the same crop. Mm-hmm. If it was just me and Zach on a team, I don't think we'd build a good product or no, a good company. Too similar. So, yeah, so it's like, like, hire people who you rate, not that you just get on with. Like, yeah. oh, do yeah. I rate them for, like, their craft? And do I, and, like, do their values fundamentally align with ours? And, like, I would have offered Zach then and there on the spot after the first call, but like, what about Jan and Jess and James? Like, they got also be involved in this process because it's a, it's a team decision. Someone's got to check yourself a little bit and take a yeah. step back and go, hang on a minute, like let's not get too excited yeah. about this. And if it was just me, like building this company, a bunch of me's, like it would just be airy fairy founderland vision shit, and like there'd actually be no concrete product. You never build anything. Yeah. <laughs> And we tried to, and it just wouldn't be the right thing. <laughs> yeah. You need someone concrete. Like, Jess is so great at saying, like, no, nah, pause. Like, let's not rush this. Like, like I get excited by loads of stuff. I often fall into, like, CEO syndrome, shiny new things. Like, <laughs> oh, we should solve this. <laughs> magpie. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Jess is, like, Jess is a good, like, no, nah, hang on. Like, let's get more data points. Let's, like, actually work out. Let's go through this process to figure it out. We can shorten it here, but we still need to run this. And I was like, oh, do you have any early insights on who the user is? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you that. Like, let's go for it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I want you to keep making sure that, like, you push back and push 
push me, push me back on these. Shit, yeah, you've got people who are prepared to manage upwards as well as you know you being. Sort yeah, of but we're down. one, we're one team. Yeah. There's no managing up. And yeah, managing okay. Up. I'm also in the fortunate position that Jan's managing them. So like, do you know what I mean? They're all just they're all my friends and colleagues. Like I I love them all to, to bits because I like I fundamentally like rate them all as individuals and like what they bring and like you know everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and like that's normal. Yeah. But, like why can't people and other companies just see like this is fucking normal like. You will have like passionate people will have fucking outbursts, bro. Like I have outbursts. Like they will get angry and stuff. It will get heated. It will feel a bit tense. But if you know that person, you know it's coming from a good place. Yeah. They get angry because they care. Like I'm mega passionate. It's good. It's like when you see someone get angry or someone get upset about something. Like obviously it's not a great experience at the time, but you think about it and reflect and go, actually, that person really cares about what they're doing. So yeah. that's a good thing, right? Yeah. If everyone's like. You know, dead behind the eyes. Uh, why? Why are you even here? Why are you coming? But put here? like six mad, passionate people in the, in the same personality type uh, in a room, and like it's carnage, bro. Like there, there wouldn't be. So you need a mixture of like introverts who are balanced and can think deeper, and like extroverts who like are out there. And it's just about like how do you understand in on a team level the best way you work. Mm. And like even through this business, like even like the early like insights is like people go to their peers more for feedback than their manager like the way that the world operates now is different from the software being provided yeah that's why i think there's huge opportunity and so a couple of things there then so in terms of things you're doing not necessarily differently but things that you're taking on board is is making sure that a you're you're really on board with like the mission right of the the business first and foremost number one number two building a good team around you, balanced team with different attributes who can all bring something to the table for the product. So what else, what else are you doing that, that is either sort of, you know, similar or different to, to last time that you've learned? So like being strategic in the way we speak to like early users and like going like widespread as possible and actually saying, you know what? We don't know what the fucking solution is. In fact, I'll take it further. We don't even know what the fucking problems are to solve yet. So like, let's not be like founders who think we know it all. Like, let's actually get the data points to like validate what we do. So like, a lot of people say they're data driven. We're actually like trying to be. And so like, making sure that when we interview people, we all look over the interviews. We all gather our patterns. We're all working towards something. So this week is about like, coming up with a shit ton of behavioral segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next week it might be, uh, you know, let's pick some of the ones which we validated and out of the behavioral segment we're chasing, let's start to like validate this more. So like if the market, initial market we're going after is like those that score highly on personal professional development, let's find those people and interview them. And let's like now find out what their big, like the biggest pain points are there. and is their patterns within the data that's coming and then let's start to move forward. So it's, you know, just being a bit more data driven in like our approach to finding product market fit. Yeah. Um, and like putting product market fit like front and fucking center in front of everyone. Like, I don't wanna, I'm not gonna build a product just for product sake. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of did that at Lingumi. We just went, there was no strategy. And then we also like, the other thing which we do very differently is like at Lingumi, we invested in marketing like way too early. And like you said, you is, did loads of like Facebook marketing and yeah, load of and we made money. Yeah, 
But like when you turn that marketing cap off, no one's at the door. You're like, fuck, hang on a minute. <laughs> there's no money coming in, and does it? Yeah, and you're stu- out. You're so stuck in the weeds that you 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 find it hard to even know what direction you're going. So you just try a bunch of random things, and then your product becomes bloated, and then suddenly you're a bit of you're like a bit of everything for everyone, which means that like as a whole, you're nothing for no one. Yeah. So like this time, it's about like going really fucking niche in the market. So like users who value product de- uh, users who value personal and professional development that reflect regularly uh, that have tried to build their own tools and they uh, seek out their peers um, for feedback on it. That is a very small market and we will just build the dopest product for that market to a point where like let's find 10 of those people that share the same characteristics. Let's build a really sick product for them until they start telling their friends about it but we won't actually open up this to to their other friends. Until we've built something which is really fucking strong. Get those 10 people to then bring on their next 90 and then keep it ring until those 100 are like mega happy. And then once we have that, we are, we are, um, we're winning. You're away. We're away, yeah. And so... Well, then we raise another seed round and then we'll tackle the next yeah. problems when it comes. But so that, that's, that's ideal state. <laughs> it brings me on nicely to my next question. So obviously fundraising this time round as opposed to, to the last times. Yeah. Easier. Well, just... Why? Why? What was easier? I was just street smart. <laughs> nah, do you know what it is? I think, um, bruv, from first pitch, first proper pitch to like, time to like, all investors kind of in was like, uh, three weeks. Bruv, if you are a second time founder in like, a big enough market and you just know how to like, create FOMO, mad easy market to raise. Um, is that the key then? that fear of fear of loss like don't miss out on this this opportunity no, to get just, involved it's like I know I'm talking to a human yeah. and I know humans are like you know everyone's like psychology is a big play in this like I know what gets you excited and ticking so once I feel that I'm going to play on that more and more mm-hmm. to get you to a point where your emotions are actually going to say yes obviously you're going to do your due, due diligence and shit but come on now like we raise that much money with no product with no revenue no customers and like me and Jan had been working on this for what like a month prior to just this. Two people with an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's bonkers. Which but you just play the game. Yeah, that's all good. And did you sort of have a select group of uh, investors that you wanted that match match sort of values this time around, or was it so more just get get some money through the door? Initially, it was like, let's see how much we can raise, who we can raise on. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I always knew like. If we raise a million plus pre-seed round, the next round is going to be fucked because investors are just going to be asking way more questions. Because psychologically, it's very different saying you've raised six figures than seven figures. Um, I think stepping past that million mark, people start asking more questions and like, you don't really need that. Like, why am I going to build a bigger wall to climb when I can climb a smaller wall? And yeah. get to the same place. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, they want to know what you've done with the previous money yeah. and where that's all been spent and yeah. delve deep How into you, it. Yeah, like what have you learned, what you're learning, da 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 da, da. Um, This time around investors, yeah, we thought we'd, let's see how much we can raise. Uh, I got, because I'm part of a, like a good founders group, like the peer exchange group I mentioned earlier, they, they introduced me to some investors. Um, certain people who I thought would have helped didn't. 
I'm gonna go into names, but That's they know who they are. Yeah. And um, what just just investors that you know? Nah, yeah, or? like some investors moving a bit snaky. I won't call out their names. No, but no, I don't. They know who they are, and certain people I thought would have helped based on previous experience working with them. I won't call out who they are. You probably take a guess that they didn't help. So, but what did help was like my peer exchange group. Yeah. Like some founders who just like introduced me to their founders. Like I got a shout out Jacob from Accurex. He's my guy. I got a shout out Ed from Curoscope. He's my guy. I got to shout out all my PG groups because they all fucking help. Do you get it? And uh, they didn't need to. And like those warm introductions just meant it was easy to like, the door was open for us to go out and, and chat and, and speak. And so um, we managed to like get offers and got a term sheet. And those investors who were interested invited us, introduced us to other investors, introduced us to angels and some angels who were dope, like Ian, like he introduced me to like other angels who wanted in. So I'd say like this round would have been mad hard had I not had like second connection. It's just the network again, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah, yeah. leveraging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this time like ran, me being comf comfortable and confident in like building that network and making sure that we like deliver solid value to our shareholders and investors. Cause like, they backed up. Who? What, what did they really back? They really backed me and Yan to be able to like figure this out in like an eighteen month time period. Yeah. Um. I think we'll actually figure it out in a six month time period. Like actually, I'll be ready to raise the next. But let's see. I, 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 my prediction is between six and twelve months we'll be ready to raise next. But we just got to, now that we find the magic. Now it's about applying the science to like get there as quick as possible. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And so yeah, that that's again sort of leads quite nicely onto where. Where do you go from from here? So you've just made the raise. You've hired some some awesome people to come on board and help them figure out how to solve potentially. I say I was going to say this problem, but you're still not necessarily sure what the problem is. But work out what the problem is, figure it, figure it out, solve it. Yeah, I mean, um, so what was your exact? So where do you go? Where do you go oh, from so here? What's from here? Yeah. Um, execute, man. Just like once we have aligned on the behavioural statement. Uh, then it's about working with those uh, core group of reference users who spend an hour with us per week, testing product, giving us feedback, da, da, da. and just keep fucking iterating till we've hit the thing that works. Like right now, it's just a it's 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 a science game. Like work smart, but also work hard. Like you need both, um, and just keep iterating till we we find the 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 elements of PMF, and then once we have that, raise around to invest in those resources. Okay. Um, the, the interesting thing for me is I think the big, big motherfucking markets like US, they're a sucker for this type of stuff. And they're like, I think they're really raring for like this type of product. So let's see, first is like, let's put our money where our mouths are. We raised the money. Now let's execute. Let's do these early investors proud because they backed us really off a team. Yep. Um, and let's see where we get to. But we're all hungry for it. Do you get it? Like, there's nothing. The only reason this fails is because we didn't like adapt and change and shift based on the data that gets that we come up with. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. That's the that's the aim. Fine, nice. So, as a final parting word, I'll ask you the same question I asked you last time. If you were to look at biggest learns for other people out there who are you know looking at either you know starting a, a business or 
there may be a founder out there at a similar stage, maybe later stage, earlier stage, I don't know. What, what's the, the biggest bit of advice that you would give to someone? Looking to start. Yeah, looking to start something. If you're looking to start, yeah. start your own business or early stage. Ideas are cheap and ideas will limit you. Work out the big meaty problem to solve. And really understand like why you, like your purpose behind your life. And it's a deep, hard, it's, deep. Like, it's, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah. You won't get there in a day, but like understanding your purpose, what excites you, what motivates you. And like what is fundamentally different about the way that the world is working now. What is fundamentally different in the way that the world is working now such that you can like build something that will like change that world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would say. Have a think, discover your purpose. Discover purpose, make sure you're solving a big problem. And once you're solving a big problem with a, probably a co-founder who's like very different from you. No, in fact, should be different from you, but aligns on the same values. Then work out within that big problem space, which you're trying to solve, what's the niche user group and the niche problem you're solving. And just do that like better than anyone else. Sweet. Yeah. All right. That's what I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on again. Thank you for coming on. All good, bro. Cool. Cool. Safe. So a huge thank you to Adit for coming on the show this time round. Um, really, really great to see someone in person. Um, apologies for the slightly haphazard sound. Uh, obviously that needs some work from our side in terms of setting it up next time hopefully when we get to do more in-person uh interviews over the course of the the rest of the podcast that's it for this year um it's been a great year thank you all for listening thank you to all my wonderful guests i've had throughout 2021 um, i hope you can join us for some more excellent podcast interviews throughout 2022 see you soon